This episode of Fresh and Buds is brought to you by the Dusty Dragon, the premier bar and grill in the region of Wraith. I love this place. It's where I get all of my libations and it is a great time. Now, you might be asking, Tommy, what's one of your favorite drinks to get at the Dusty Dragon? I got to say, well, it's the Dromai Tai. You know, it is a delicious, delicious cocktail that is, you know, it's it's a homage to the empress herself dromai the queen of dragons and you know what every time i'm sipping on a dromai tie i'm thinking this place is great so we're really happy to have that kind of sponsorship here on the show now obviously any young heroes are not allowed to uh partake in any kind of libations at the dusty dragon but that's okay when you become an adult hero and, uh, you know, you got a little bit more of a classic feel, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you can go and enjoy a great time at the Dusty Dragon. And you know what else is a great time? Fresh and Buzz, the show, which we're going to get to right now. Fresh and We are back, folks. It is yet another episode of Fresh and Buds. I'm your host, Tommy Fresh, and you are all my buds. And this week, we are joined once again by my bud, Dan Rakowski. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've got a great show for you all. Um, before we get into it, though, I just want to shout out a few quick ways you can support the show, which is, uh, first and foremost, the best way to do that is... Take a look at the YouTube. Give us a little like, comment, and subscribe. Hopefully some really cool heavy hitter stuff coming out soon on that YouTube channel, which is exciting. Another great way to support the show is to follow me on Twitter at FreshBudsPod and to check out the Buds Discord, which is a great place to hang out for anyone in this community. So that is all in the link tree below in the whatever description thingy. And uh, yeah, it's a great way to support the show. And uh, the Patreon will be back up in the new year. Uh, as I try to figure out what I want to do with it. But we have a lot to talk about today with Mr. Rakowski. First of all, what's new? How you doing? What's what's going on with you? I'm doing great. I haven't played too much Flesh and Blood the past month. I had three weddings to attend in the past like three weeks. So I've been doing a lot of life, not so much Flesh and Blood. Um, but I'm like completely fired up between Missing Worlds and the new OP announcement for next year. I'm just itching to play some games yeah yeah no absolutely and i feel the same way i had like i feel like i had a billion weddings this fall as well mm-hmm. it's just that time you know in our yep. lives you know just everybody's yep. getting married which is good love's in the air but we care more about flesh and blood being in the air uh so bef- before we get to the the meat and potatoes here always like to do the fresh faves uh we sure. got your fresh faves the first time you're on but this time i want to do bright lights because well, oh. it's been a lot of fun uh, to draft. At least I think so. Maybe we'll get your opinions on it as well. First of all, who is your favorite hero from the new set? Uh, I think it's easily Max. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Max in draft. I love Max in CC. Yeah, Max in CC might be in a really good position now in this new meta. Who knows? We'll talk about yeah, it. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but uh, I, I I love Max in, in draft especially. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know, just something about like the, the crazy things you can do with him uh, and, and 
you know, I don't know. Hyperdrives are cool, I guess. Yeah, um, I agree. You crank and bank and you yeah. get a bunch of extra resources. Who doesn't want that? Oh, it's awesome. Uh, what's your favorite weapon? Is it going to be... Oh, it's Banksy. It's Banksy. not close. I love Banksy. Banksy. It's just a wrench, and it looks cool, and it plays cool. Do you like it in CC? or Because I, I see a lot of folks using something a little bit different. Yeah, I want to like it in CC. I think I like it against, like, aggro decks. Mm -hmm. um, like decks with a lot of two-box. Um, I think the existence of armor makes it pretty bad in some matchups, but it's also like high octane is just so good with the uh, the pistol. Um, yeah, yeah. So I I like having both in the deck. Yeah, I think that you know it, it probably just needs a little bit more. I think is 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 basically my read on it. It's awesome and in, in limited. So like clearly oh, yeah. was a success there. So. You know, well, maybe maybe one day we'll get the, the, the Banksy dot deck that everybody wants to see. Uh, yeah, my first build, I was playing like nine gigawatt just to pump the Banksy. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was really bad. Yeah, well, I mean, really, it sounds really bad. fun at least. <laughs> Next uh, is equipment. Now, we had some oh. different kinds of equipment in, in the set as well as, um, you know, your, your typical kind of stuff. What was your favorite equipment from the set? Let me think. Favorite equipment. It's Some kind cool. of boring, but I just like blocking for three. Blocking for three? Oh, yeah, like with the, the uh, what's it called? The, the modular. Oh, the uh, the uh, uh, what the heck is that called? The one that looks like the Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I can't think of it. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I think something plating, right? No. Oh god. I think. So many cards. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring up my deck. As as the game gets bigger and bigger, there's more cards to memorize, and it's just like only a certain amount of headspace I have, I guess. Uh, yeah, for sure. What? Uh, adaptive plating. Adaptive plating. I knew yeah. plating was in there. Yes, that card is awesome, and I I'm interested to see, I guess, why we can move it. Do we know yep. why we can move it, or, or is there no real reason yet? guess like I, I bring this up all the time whenever this card comes up i'm like is there a reason yet and and i guess maybe uh we're... you could break frostbites but not anymore oh yeah it costs zero so it's like uh pitching to the tunic if they have like a frost tex on you i guess oh yeah yeah that's kind of cool. some weird stuff like that yeah i don't think there's anything too impactful though nothing too impactful yet yeah i don't think <laughs> i'm sure they'll print something to make it make sense but uh great Great pick there. And blocking for three is very good, I've found. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite run-of-the-mill card? Non-attack action, instant attack action, item. We have a lot of great mm -hmm. options this time around. I think at one point I would have said Boom Grenade, but I played so much Dash IO that I kind of hate that card now because it <laughs> so, takes so much work to make that thing hit mm -hmm. when people start blocking. Um, from the new set only, right? We're yeah. Saying? All yeah. Bright lights and the mm. the expansion slots count as well. Oh, there's so many good ones. <laughs> um, I want to say Big Bertha because I love Big Bertha. Big Bertha's awesome. Um, I'll probably go with Twin Drive though. I both like love and hate that card. Like as a a fine enjoyer, that card terrifies me. Like oh, being yeah. able to harpoon off of three cards is super efficient. Very, very. It just does so much. Like, oh yeah, it's just it does everything 
it's supposed to do. It's not flashy really in any kind yep. of way. It just makes everything else flashier, which is which is kind of cool. Um, yep. Are you running Big Bertha in in, uh, in Max right now? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm looking at my list right now. I, I was only playing blues. Yeah. I think I'm gonna play some reds for Dromai. We'll see. Does Crankshaft make it in, or is it just Big Bird, or both? You want both all the time, not all the time. You basically need to land one Crankshaft effect, like adding a counter to a hyperdriver, that or one single recharge. And if you do it once in the game, you're ready to make the suit. Awesome, yeah. So you want you want some density of that effect. And interesting, is it always on the suit, or is that a sideboard plan, or vice versa? Is it on the suit initially for most matchups, and then you kind of board out of it? I don't know. I've, I've heard people do both. Mm-hmm. I, I'm actually pretty new to Max. Like I just started this week. Okay. Like really, <laughs> really diving into it. Um, I'm planning to just go like high octane twin drive suit every matchup because those cars are just insane. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I can't imagine why you're only on Max in the past week. What could have changed other than <laughs> Icelander hitting LL? Wow. Yeah, I mean, this is a deck that you were playing a, a decent amount. Although a lot of people do know you as a five player, what are yep. your thoughts now that Icelander's gone? Yeah, I like. I kind of expected it. Like I wasn't counting on playing it next weekend. I one hundred percent was going to play it at the brawl. Um, but Icelander just wins Battleharded's. Like she has like an eighty percent first place rate or something crazy. I feel like at Battleharded specifically. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of bummed. I've I've been a, a Frostbite hater since they came out. So like, I, I think now when we get new heroes, we can all be excited that a resource curve isn't going to be taxed every turn. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it's uh, yeah. it's incredible how uh, Frostbites can <laughs> affect a game where you only have four cards and and limited amounts of resources yeah. to do. I I really don't think we'll see the same implementation of like easy frostbite generation when we get the next ice hero no certainly not i mean for sure they'll still have a lot of the ice cards but Mm. you know not on a stick like icelander which uh you know was was a problem what so why do you think that like icelander has such a high rate of of winning in battle hardens specifically rather than uh you know callings and i mean obviously we saw it win a world championship and uh a nationals (laughs) Um, but oh, I see. Okay, yeah, but but like Battle Hardened specifically, you said eighty yep. percent. Like it's it's pretty yep. crazy. Why? Do yeah, you think? I think baseline is just a really good tournament deck, right? Like it's super efficient. It's a blue base deck. Like as long as you don't have four reds, your hand like almost always operates efficiently, and like the odds of drawing four reds is like less than one percent in almost every Icelander list. Um, so like baseline, you're just consistent and powerful. But I think the deck is like very hard to play against and extremely punishing if you make mistakes like you you pretty much lose if you make two mistakes probably even one um so i think the the skill level being a little bit lower at battle hardens is probably a factor um because i think it, it might be the most punishing deck to like misplays yeah that's for sure and especially like it has one of those or had one of those uh kind of play patterns where where you can kind of bluff a lot of different things and and you know that makes it hard even for experienced players you know that you you could be bluffing multiple things and you can change the whole way you play out your turn 
just to play around the wrong thing and, and that could be super punishing. So yep. uh and if you're if you're playing Icelander, like you should be pausing at every um priority window. Like yeah. if you have a red set, like don't just be like, yeah, go, 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 go. Like no, you gotta pause, look at it. <laughs> yeah, like, read don't think the- like maybe it's blue, maybe it's not. <laughs> read the card that they played. Hmm. Yep. Uh no go again? Hmm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff exactly, like yeah. that. Uh so you you were planning on playing it this weekend at the Realm Rumble Brawl 20k Invitational. What do you what do you think this means for that tournament? This is going to be the first big tournament with a lot of competitive players who a lot may have thought we're going to play Icelander, yourself including. Uh, yep. What does this mean for this tournament? I don't know. It's so interesting. So I think few thoughts so like bravo stonks obviously go up but people were already playing a lot of bravo anyway Mm -hmm. uh, which i disagreed with i'm a bravo and enjoyer um (laughs) but the Icelander matchup was like terrible um so i think bravo is actually a lot more reasonable now um i think phi gets better maybe i don't know it's it's so weird um like decks can build a little more greedy now cutting blues I, I actually have no idea. I, I think the real question is like, what are all these Icelander players going to play now? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, you would hope that they had a few decks in the arsenal, but maybe they don't. You would hope. And and, <laughs> yeah, and and it's not it's it's a wizard deck, but it's not like you can just it's Kano and Icelander are nowhere near the same no. vibe, right? It's not the same deck at all. So it's not like you're just like I'm just going to switch over to the other wizard you know for example if 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 maybe you lost phi you could theoretically sleeve up katsu and you're kind of doing similar things it it will be interesting to see how it plays out now bravo is an interesting one because that's another i guess heavy blue deck right in, in the format it's would you say that is going to become a one of the safe choices for something like a battle harden that we saw Icelander do well with so so much because of the reason you stated it being a blue deck and and being very skill intensive. Yeah, I think that'll always be the perception. Like that's why people are already playing Bravo. Mm-hmm. I I never will advocate for people to play Bravo in a tournament <laughs> until more things change. Um, but yeah, it, it is a good safe pick. Like. You're pretty consistent. That deck actually like struggles a lot though. If you like, you don't draw enough blues. Mm-hmm. Like even like two red hands can be pretty problematic. Um, so it's close. I think the real consistent deck right now is like Tromine. Yeah. Because without Icelander, like your all your cards are red. Like, yeah. You, you can kind of use any combination of cards between blocking and making uh, Ash and attacking. Now. You unfortunately had to miss Worlds due to, you know, attending these weddings. And obviously, you know, you would have loved to have been there. I think a lot of us would have loved to have been there. What are your thoughts on how it shook out, right? Especially with Phi, a deck that that you've known very well, very comfortable with, to kind of amazingly rise to the top by not only rise to the top, but piloted by Alex, who... Certainly, he was a great player, but somebody that we hadn't really seen on the scene uh, until sure. you know, top eight at Worlds and winning it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I have a lot of thoughts there. Um, I'm still finishing watching. I've been like slowly doing it. I'm on the semifinals right now, so I'm like pretty much there. And I did get to catch the the finals. Um, yeah, let me pull. Up, I have the meta report next to me. It was pretty interesting. Uh, I wasn't like shocked to see Icelander as the most played deck, but it's been like historically um, had like a low adoption rate, like mm-hmm. despite being the best deck. Um, now the meta all made sense. The the amount of fives was actually probably the most interesting, right? Like there's 45. Um, I think my my take on Fi doing well is that like I don't I don't feel that Fi is currently a good tournament deck because of consistency issues. Mm-hmm. But I do feel that Fi is like always able to win any tournament. Like he always has that possibility if variance goes your way. Um, so I do think he's appealing. I think his like meta position was super reasonable with. Bravo and Dromai being two of the most popular decks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Icelander matchup is like kind of horrible post belittle. Um, and I think that's what we we kind of saw play out is that like the our world champion had some like not in any way taken away from his play. Like I think he played great, but he had some very positive variants in his Icelander matchups. And he even said it, I was just listening in his uh I think his quarterfinal interview. Mm-hmm. He was saying, like, yeah, my list only has 15 blues, but I drew a blue every turn. And that's like that's all that matters in the five matchup. You need one blue per hand. Yeah, yeah. You cannot miss the one blue. And if there's a channel like you want two, and he just had it. And if I has one blue per hand, he might be just be the best deck. Um, and when you see that density of fives, like they're gonna have some number of those fives they are gonna have good variants. So you see him rise to the top and take it down, which is awesome to see. Yeah, yeah. It it is interesting. I guess maybe like that amount of fives. Do you think that was in a response to people expecting? Dromai to kind of really be the deck over the weekend, you know, yeah. because certainly very powerful. And we saw one make it into the top eight, but maybe these these ninjas kind of gate kept Dromai from from rising to the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that with Icelander gone, though, you said that you don't think it's a great tournament deck because of the variants, which mm-hmm. I do want to ask you something about that after this. Yeah. Do you think that? Fi still can actually end up becoming a good tournament deck here. <laughs> I don't think it ever will be for me un- until we get something new. Okay. Um, just because like the the resource curve is just not there. Like mm-hmm. you're kind of forced to play Kadachis now because they're more friendly to uh, playing one costs. Like I think if you're on Emberblade Fi, realistically, you can support like maybe five one costs in the whole deck mm-hmm. consistently and like no two costs. Yeah. Um, which means you're like sacking power or you're just depending on having good variants in your draws, which is fine. Um, so that's the kind of the reason that I don't think I'll bring five to too many tournaments, but I think he'll always be an option. Like, mm-hmm. um, like I was super sad that Blittle's gone, but I also feel like five is in, like an incredibly healthy spot like because of those issues he's not hyper efficient and i think if he was he would just be the best deck yeah um where right now it's like you need some positive variance but if you have it you can spike any tournament at any time and the power is still there absolutely now you keep using the v word variance yeah and this is this is a a hot topic in in flesh and blood right now right mm-hmm. this is a this is a game that 
kind of staked its claim in the competitive scene as as a game with famously low variants, still some variants. This is a trading card game. Yeah, you can, you can only run into you know so many all red hands before you, <laughs> you start losing your mind. Um, yeah. There seems to be a push, and we've seen it with some of the heavy hitters cards that we've seen, uh, towards a little bit more variance. Obviously, Bright Lights, you know, boosting is a variance yeah. mechanic. What do you think about this kind of push towards a little bit more variance? Because uh, the, the reasoning that we've heard is we want... Variance allows newer players to win, right? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts here as a competitive player, but also someone who enjoys the casual aspects of the game as well? Yeah, that's fair. I don't I don't think I have too deep of a take on this. I, I would just say I don't have any issues with the variants we've seen introduced so far. Okay. Um, I, I don't like rolling dice. That's like kind of a separate topic. <laughs> I don't like the existence of rolling dice in the game um, just because of the like, logistics of it and that kind of die. thing. Yeah. <laughs> well... Wait a second! Don't you have a little KO? Uh, KO. Uh, two oh, ca- casually, I love, I love, I love rolling dice. Yes. Competitively, I don't know, because like you don't know if the dice is manufactured properly. Like there are ways to get better at rolling True. the number you want. This is the weird thing, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I I get it. I get. I understand that. Now, you're pretty involved in the competitive side of things uh you know obviously took a little bit of a break because of life which we all have to sometimes but you're 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 wearing the sweatshirt right now you're still part of the runaways uh how are how is that going the runaways because like you know we hear more about it every day and obviously Mm -hmm. we see a lot of the members of the runaways you know perform very well take us through you know your, your experience with it so far yeah, sure. I mean, I could do probably a couple of podcasts on just this topic. Um, like, I, I, I started the Runaways with two other guys, Shane and Yuanji. Um, We've grown quite a bit since then. Um, it's been interesting. There's a lot of, like, difficult dynamics to balance with, like, friendships and how many people do you add? How do you add people? Mm-hmm. Um, how, many, how many teams is too many? So, like, we, we kept it really tight in the beginning. Like, we were four people for the first, like, six months. And then we went to eight people for like another six months. And then we had, I think it was maybe Worlds last year. It was like we had two weeks or three weeks to learn a new CC format and a new draft format. And we're like, we need more people, like more, more knowledge, more better. Yeah, that's, that's, what, they, <laughs> that's what they say. Now, at, at this point, what is the membership like in terms of numbers? Yeah, I think we have 17 teammates currently. Um. Yeah, there's so much I could go into here. It's like <laughs> yeah. you don't have to get into the the, the weeds yeah, here, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think our mentality now is that like it's better to have a bigger network. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're all about collaborating, even outside of the team. Like uh, I know a lot of like groups might try to keep like their tech secret or only test internally. Like I, I at least personally, I'm very of the opinion that testing externally is far better, and then kind of dissecting the information with your teammates is the way to go. Yeah. And it certainly has worked out for you guys so far. So, you know, that's good to hear that it's going well. And, and, you know, are, are there any big plans with, you know, we're going to talk about in a minute, but 
the very robust OP system in 2024. Is there any like things that you guys are just like, all right, these are our goals or, or is that something you're going to kind of work on towards, you know, going into the new year and, and, and what to expect? Yeah. I mean, for me, and I think, I think for the most of the team, like the goal is always just to prepare as well as possible. So I'm always like hyper-focused on how can we improve on our testing cycles, what we're doing, um, like what new things can we introduce? What should we get rid of? That kind of thing. Um, we're actually doing our like debrief session later tonight. I'm, I'm excited to hear everyone's feedback since I wasn't as involved for this cycle since I had to go to Worlds. Um, but no, I think the plan is just play every event we can possibly play and prep as best we can and try to perform. So is is the goal? No, I gotta ask. Is the goal to be the number one team in Flesh and Blood competitively? Right. I mean, of course. Um, <laughs> I, I think for me, as like uh, on like the organizational side, it's I I want the Runaways to be the number one place to test and the number one play to improve at Flesh and Blood. Like we just rolled out our premium Discord offerings where we're we're trying to give people like without teams or local communities access to a network of players and give them kind of the infrastructure that we use uh, to kind of create that environment for them as well. Awesome. I, I think that's really important because, you know, we all can't be part of a team and sometimes, and, 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 you know, as you've experienced, I've experienced, we all have lives. We're all yep. mostly of the adult age where we have responsibilities. Sometimes it's tough to kind of commit to the team, to a team dynamic. And then also, you know, be able to kind of just hop in and, and kind of learn as you go is, is, is a nice option for people. So I'm glad that you guys are doing that. Now, obviously you got a tournament this weekend. I'll see you there. Uh, yeah. Columbus, uh, which this, this comes out Thursday. So okay. Friday oh. morning, Yep. you are showing up to this realm rumble 20 K invitational. Yep. You were going to bring Icelander. I was now you can't. Is Max is Max the truth? Yeah, I th I think so. I think I'm gonna be cranking and banking. Uh, <laughs> Fi is like forever my backup deck. Like mm -hmm. if I'm ever in a pinch, like a week before tournament, and I realize the deck I'm prepping is just not it. Like I'm, that's probably when I'll be playing Fi. Sure, sure. Um, so I just still my backup, but I I think I'm just locked on Max at this point. Awesome. Yeah. Now, Max is 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 kind of been this deck, I guess. I mean, we saw one in the top eight of the calling Melbourne and we saw some over the or past two weekends uh, at uh, Worlds. I think you saw a little bit in Wallonia. Now, this is, so we have a lot of mechanologist decks right now, right? We have Dash IO, we have OG Dash, you know, yep. both still making splashes, right? They're both, both still doing the thing. What's the reasoning to look at Max for, for people who, who maybe don't want to play a dash deck? Yeah, no, I think it's a couple of things. It's actually like a super appealing deck. Like it's, it's the kind of deck I like to play. Um, I think first on like the variance topic, like yes, boosting is inherently random. Mm -hmm. um, but like the fact that all like non-item mech cards block for three um, means that when you do get those four red hands, um you're able to stay somewhat efficient because you're you're blocking for three not two like five mm -hmm. would have that issue um but the existence of hyper drivers just means that like you have no brick hands um like i was playing some games this morning and i'd have four reds uh, i was like 
had my teammates watching, like, oh no, four reds. It's like, this doesn't matter. I block nine, I play a red zero to 60 for four, I get a resource for my one hyperdriver, and then I use my foundry heart up to two, and I get a new hyperdriver. Like, that's it's so efficient, and that's, that's like awesome. a bad hand. Yeah. Um, so I actually think it's a pretty consistent deck in that way. Um, it, it plays a bit like five when you're not comboing, and that your attacks all have go again, um, mm-hmm. except all of the attacks are above rate. They're all fours and fives and sixes. Um, they all block three. Um, but you're you're usually playing towards this combo game plan. Um, like the aggro matchup's different. Yeah, aggro plays a little different, but I love having a deck that is either fatigue proof or has a very solid game plan against blockout decks. And I tried so hard to figure that out for Dash IO. I just couldn't do it, and it was frustrating. <laughs> um, but this deck has way less things you have to juggle. Like for IO, you're juggling like when you have a boom grenade out, you're like pressuring yourself into figuring out how to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think with Max, it's really just you need to like get one high octane protected in Arsenal, and then you make your suit, and then you win the game. <laughs> um, uh- no, go ahead. No, no, I just, I, I'm just interested because you, you're speaking all the praises here. Now, what would be the the reason not to play Max? What, what like, you know, obviously you're a huge fan and mm-hmm. and is definitely a powerful deck. What would you say would be the you would tell someone? Well, if you're worried about this, do not yep. take Max. Yeah, I'm still learning the issues mm-hmm. for the deck, but I think the biggest thing is like. The deck is very dependent, like the success of the deck is very dependent on the build, your sideboard plans, and your game plans for every matchup. Um, Like if you don't understand the game plan for a matchup, it's probably very hard, especially if they're blocking. Mm -hmm. Um, And you do have to kind of be able to adapt on the fly, Um, especially for like a deck like Bravo. If they're playing aggressive, you might be like, hey, I need to use these high octanes to pressure them back. But then if you boost away your third high octane, you have no win con. Um, like you can't get over the top of these block decks um, without a high octane mech suit turn usually. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I guess the the I guess right now the biggest blocking decks gotta be Bravo and the control Rhinar, maybe. Is 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 are, is that you know the yeah, the read right now? Ash. Oh yeah, tree frog dash. Draw, yeah. draw my two. Oh yeah, draw my can do it. Mm-hmm. So, all that being said, what don't like you don't want? Do you not want to run into those decks, or do you feel like if you have the game plan kind of put together, you can overcome any of these matchups that, that might be yeah. more difficult? Yeah. Again, I have very very limited reps. <laughs> it's been like three days. Um, but I'm learning fast. Um, <laughs> it feels like a deck like Tree Frog Dash, you should be able to beat every time because they, they don't really have pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, like the worst thing they could do is CNC you, um, but you're fine to block two cards. Like you're never protecting more than two cards. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that should be something I want to see. Um, I think on the like Bravo Drill My side, I feel good about it. Like I think it's it's easier than the aggro matchups because mm-hmm. if I don't find my mech suit in aggro matchups, it's hard. 
yeah. and the game shorter. Where like against these decks, I have all all the control. Like I get to manage my resources and make decisions. Um, Bravo can be scary, right? If they just loop crippling crushes, it's like, oh, what are you gonna do? Uh, like I played a game this morning where I had my high octane set, and then I drew two high octanes, and they dominated crippling crushed me. It was like that's unlucky. That's kind of just a lose con right there. Um, so I, I think Bravo's probably pretty scary. Um, Dromai's similar in a different way in that if they get a good dragon start, the game's just hard. Um, they're not like disrupting you. They're more distracting you, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, distracting, not disrupting is a, is a great way to put it. Um, mm. Now I know you said you you know you're figuring out your but yeah. I I will remind you this comes out on Thursday and by the time this comes out you've already mastered the deck and oh yeah and uh, you're the best max player in the world uh, if not I'll, I'll play five we'll <laughs> yeah yeah I guess we'll know tomorrow um, yeah. which should be funny um, so the reason that you are on max right yeah. is because Icelander is gone and. Because of oh, yeah. that is a, well, I mean, Icelander was already very close, but mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of rotation in the next yep. uh, year because the LL system has has changed in two ways. Uh, more points uh, for for uh, almost all the events uh, that, that you can achieve LL points. And mm-hmm. then also, if something uh, hits LL, it's done. And then mm-hmm. it's, it's not legal for the next week. So... Yep. First of all, what's your take on that? Because that this is the first time we're really feeling it outside of uh, Young Chain. Young Chain just happened as well, uh, and and in skirmish season, which you know it is something worth talking about. But it, Icelander is the first big one where there's a big tournament next week, yeah. and it's a very short turnaround. Do you think this is the right way to do it? Because this is this is I mean you, you're feeling the pressure right now. Uh, yeah, I have a few thoughts. So I think first, I I'm hoping and I believe LSS will put in stipulations before tier four events, certainly, and hopefully tier three, that LL won't take effect within like a two to four week period of the event. Mm-hmm. Like they have that option. They haven't announced it. That's this isn't a thing that exists currently, but they could do that, and I really hope they will for like tier four events, especially like. Don't allow three days before something to LL. That, that that feels a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um. But I think everything else, it's a. I'm on board with the change. Um. I mean, my take on all these things is usually, it is what it is. Like yeah. I'm gonna adapt and adjust how I need to to do my best in whatever environment they they create. Um. But I I hate playing dead formats. Like, I thought the Lexi experience was miserable. Uh, last pro quest season um so i'm in favor of decks going away when it's time to go away yeah yeah i think it you know yeah lexi lexi was a problem yeah i think that's uh that's a fair way to say it but you know it, it will be interesting and i guess we'll see basically how this weekend shakes out in terms of people's thoughts and stuff like that mm-hmm. because you can't really like you're feeling the pressure now, but you don't really know how you're really going to feel until you're, you're at the event, you know, 
And this is mm-hmm. not just you or not even just this event. This could, I mean, this could happen, you know, throughout the rest of flesh and blood's history, as long as this, this kind of idea is going to be put mm-hmm. into effect. Yeah. So we will see now another reasoning I could see them increasing the LL points is faster rotation. And mm-hmm. they, I believe they said 15 new heroes next year. So, yeah, I think so that's, I don't know if that's all adult heroes or, you know, I think they said adult. I think adult. they clarified it. Okay, yeah. good. Um, that's a lot of heroes, right? Yeah. So what, what do you think about that? That's like, they have to rotate a decent amount of, of, of heroes and we're not going to have a lot of time with some decks like Dromide's not going to be around for a long time. Yeah. I imagine Phi won't be along around for a long time, you know? Uh, as well as I think Katsu and Viserai are pr- pretty, I mean, they're not, not close to also sure. LLing. So what do, what are your takes on a lot of new heroes in a year? This is the most we've ever seen. Yeah. I, I think for the game, it makes a lot of sense. Like people clearly love new heroes. Like yeah. whenever a new set comes out, like their play rate on Talishar is insane and people get excited very consistently. Um, no, I, I think it's like great for the game overall. For me personally, I think it's fine. I think like I, I have a full time job. I'm like pretty busy in life, especially like running the the runaways now. For me, the perfect spot is if I have one deck that I can play throughout multiple metas and just adjust, like I did with Chain and Little Fi. Like that that's my cozy spot. Mm-hmm. Just master a deck, adjust accordingly. So I'm just like forever hunting for that. So if they give me that, introduce all the heroes you want, I'll adjust accordingly. As long as I can keep playing whoever it is. Well, you might have some time with Max if, if this ends up being a deck that you really, really love and want to master. And yeah, you know, I think it's the potential. We also have some really bad heroes we can get you on. You can learn and yeah. <laughs> stick around. Arachne, maybe. Although, you know. Oh, uh, Arachne's looking kind of yeah, interesting. I don't know. Yeah, that new dagger is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so it should be interesting. Um, now, with this robust. OP system. So we, we have 50 battle hardens, 18 callings. This is all proposed. Obviously, things could change. Uh, yep. Two Pro Tours. We know LA, and now we know Amsterdam in July. Yep. We have Worlds, and then obviously Nationals uh, seasons, well, skirmishes and stuff like that sprinkled within. You know, you got to be excited. You, I mean, you love playing oh, competitive yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. events. What's going through your mind? Uh, so, like, I was like, very sad like right before worlds i was in denial i was like am i actually not jumping on a flight to play tomorrow like what's going on <laughs> and then the the announcement happened i like just immediately stopped caring it's like i have a new goal now like i'm ready for next year this plan sounds awesome uh i was really hoping they do two pro tours that's that's very nice to see um increased prizings also awesome uh i just like more have more like having more events to play at that level um yeah super pumped amsterdam sounds awesome it's a great location i think um hoping worlds will maybe be back in the states for my vacation day's sake um <laughs> but no, i'm just pumped i'm gonna do everything i need to do to make it to the the tier four events that might mean sacking some callings this year we'll see it really all depends where worlds is for me yeah no absolutely now uh it is very exciting 50 battle hardens, though. I keep looking at that mm-hmm. number, uh, and, and people have made this this point already. That's almost a battle harden a week, right? Yeah. 
But I think it said last year was like 41. Was it 41? That, I mean, that's, yeah. that is a lot. And it feels like, you know, it's almost every weekend we have something. Yep. I guess the question that's is, great. is how many of those are uh, Savage feats going to be at? <laughs> They're going to be running around a lot. Uh, Hopefully all of them, man. People got to pay that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this weekend was like the first battle horn in a while where we didn't have coverage. And I feel like a lot of the community felt it. It was like, what do you mean there's no stream? Yeah. We always have a stream. But we got we to gotta hook up Ethan with some donations if we want him to do all the events. Absolutely. Because uh, he'll do it, 100%. Oh, 100%. It has to be break even or better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to put food on the table. That's uh, yep. the priority number one. Do you worry, you know, outside of the streams and and whatever, maybe we did have 41 this year. Mm-hmm. Do you worry about the sustainability of 50 Battle Hardens? Because we, we've had people complain in the past where it's like, oh, man, there's so many events. Like, Because now not only, you know, it's 50 Battle Hardens, but now we're going to have an extra ProQuest season this year as well. That's a lot yep. of things to do all the time. Yep. Do you think it starts to even out in a way? You know, can they sustain that, first of all? And do you think it evens out in a way where maybe maybe like pro players aren't just going to try to spike cold foils at ProQuest all the time? And, uh, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I think we've already seen that this year, at mm-hmm. least in for me personally. Like, we, we might just start seeing pro players rely on ELO or the PTIs that they're winning at Battle mm-hmm. Hardens. Um, I don't think there could ever be too many Battle Hardens. I think I would like to see the prizing scale based on participation. But besides that, I think it's in that sweet spot of, like, you don't feel the need to go to it. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to, you're excited to, right? It's not like it's callings and pro tours where if you're missing out, like you're, you're feeling that you're missing out. Um, so I think it's fine. The more battle horns, the better. Like if you can go, great. If you can't, hopefully Savage Feats is there and you can watch the stream. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now the callings, I, I I'm personally very excited for for the callings. And when I when I played Magic, I love GPS yeah. and callings are obviously uh, the equivalent here and. We had like a bunch out of the gates, right? You know, when when the OP system started to take off, and then and then it kind of felt like it tapered off a little bit. More focus on battle hardens and and the larger events. Uh, Eighteen callings, uh, one of them being pretty local to us, Hartford one. I'm I'm excited to go to that. Uh, I also believe As from Go Again Game is going to come over from the UK, so that's going to be you know nice. a lot of drinking probably, um, but callings what do you what's your expectation of callings like do you think they'll evolve into more of a celebration like we've seen other large-scale events like of the similar size in other games or or are they going to be you know almost like semi-pro level events where where it is the best of the best like traveling to Mm -hmm. all of these yeah i think right now it feels like I mean, every calling has felt like U.S. Nationals because there's only been, like, two standalone callings a year mm-hmm. where the pro players are usually in the, the pro tour when, like, the Sunday or Saturday calling's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as we get more callings, they will become a bit more casual and more celebrational. Um, I'd love to just see every, like, SCG con be a calling instead of a battle hardened. Like, they oh. can clearly support that kind of event. It's just a matter of... I'm sure there's more to it. I shouldn't say that, but <laughs> I, I'm sure it's it's probably worth the investment of putting the additional prizing there. 
Yeah, I, I think so. And, and you know, I, I, it seems, and I, we, we can only speculate, it seems like SCG and LSS have, have kind of developed a pretty, you know, simpatico kind of relationship. So you can only hope that that is, is where it goes. Now, beyond the competitive scene, and, you know, obviously the callings are a very competitive event, but could be a little bit more casual on the on the side event side of things we see a lot of upf stuff and and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that do you think there's any way for lss to leverage these events to bolster the casual side more so than they already do already oh yeah for sure i think especially with the the new set if they do a calling that's draft pit fight format that would be insane for the casual side <laughs> yeah that would be pretty nice. yeah that so what is what's your thought on that because that's crazy. Like a yep. pit fight draft. I mean, it's not crazy. We've heard of stuff like that before, but I mean, it, 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 it's coming sooner than I thought it ever would. Yep. Agreed. Uh, I think it's probably not good for tournaments. Yeah. Even no. though I just said that, but I think for like an eight man pod, it, it sounds so fun. Like you, you draft, you play four man pit fight and then you one V one, the other pod winner. Like that's so cool. Yeah. That's... It's like balance a multiplayer deck versus a blitz deck. I, I don't know. I think it sounds super sweet. Yeah, it sounds neat, and and you know, all this talk of the the OP announcement kind of you know begs the question about armories and what they can do there. That yeah. seems like a great option for armories and, and and getting armory attendance up and and stuff like that. As someone who 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 likes to play locally, right, as well as these large competitive events, is there something that LSS maybe missing isn't the right word, but is is not trying with armory events to get more people out. Because mm-hmm. we saw each other last night at Gilded Raven, yep. which always has a huge crowd. But, yeah, like then, minimum 20 players yeah, for armory. Which is crazy. But yep. then, you know, you go to some other stores and maybe maybe the attendance is so great. So yep. it makes you wonder, is is the player base just big enough to support one store? Or... Or is there something else that we're missing here? Yeah, I I really wish I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can share a couple of thoughts. I think number one, you should get Bob on the cast to yes. to tell everyone the secret of how he's doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, because like he's like ten twenty miles from other local stars in our area, and no one comes close to his attendance mm-hmm. and like the loyalty and excitement of Flesh and Blood there. Um. Yeah, from the LSS side, I don't know exactly yeah. what they can do. Like, it's kind of the the nature of the game. Like, they they built it to be competitive focus first because that's kind of like that was part of their like core intent for the game and their beliefs of how it would be successful, which I think worked out great. I think transitioning to the casual crowd, I don't know. Um, like the the hero aspect of this game is is so effective. Like people immediately associate themselves with specific heroes and like fall in love with their heroes and I don't know. I feel like the game has so much going for it that like it should be very doable. It's, yeah. it's outside of my expertise. I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. like, like you said, we see it happen in some stores, but not others. There's surely there, there's some solution to this problem and I, I wish I was qualified to fix it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, right? Like, you know, we can only speculate and, and, and mm-hmm. throw out ideas and, like what Bob's doing at Gilly Ravens, excellent. You know, it feels like a flesh and blood store. I mean, 
the most incredible thing to me is like we were all drafting and then there was people just playing blitz just like on the side like yeah it's every draft. time too yeah you which, know, which we is, play tc games all day leading up to the draft too this is so cool and i know and and john over at green tree out in pittsburgh i mean you know i, I had a lengthy conversation with him last time i saw him and kind of got his takes on like what he had to do and and i think it really comes down to the the to or 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 the store owner really just getting behind the game and and maybe maybe there needs to be some you know businessy incentives uh for for the oh sure yeah, for for the like the retailers to to want to support the supplier, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, maybe that's where we need to get to. So, you know, hey, listen, Hello says, just call me up. I'll tell you what to do. I was, I'm kidding. <laughs> just call me, please. Uh, <laughs> let's get some listener questions. What do you think about that? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. We have one from uh, someone named Flake who. Asked, how do you feel about Fi's place in the meta post Lexi? And do you think Fi is poised to dominate once I- Icelander LLs? Obviously, this question mm-hmm. was sent a little bit ago. Uh, yep. And we talked a little bit about it, but if there's anything you want to expand on. Yeah, I just think Fi's domination will always depend on how many people are playing Fi until we get some new cards. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just the resource curve and the fact that when you do draw a hand that doesn't fit your resource curve your cards block for two yeah it's it's hard for that type of deck to dominate uh and like win tournaments consistently but i think it will forever be a threat to win any event for sure for sure next comes from sigma who asked and this is interesting we didn't even mention vincent the whole podcast mm. and you and you you toyed around with vincent what does what does vincent still need to be a contender <sighs> it is close like the deck is inherently powerful it just it needs like power cards like a codex like it has no power cards right it's just like you do all this work and then you get a payoff but like no individual card is just like value um so it needs something like that and or more consistent rune chance that mm-hmm. aren't like spend one card get one rune chant i think yeah yeah it, it's, it's tough i mean you know a lot of people wanted it to be the the chain replacement, but yep. unfortunately, you can't you can't print another hero like chain. And, and no, and they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't. I mean, I, I think I, I I could almost feel that it wasn't going to happen just by reading Eclipse because like I was like, oh, they're going to print another chain because you know they have Eclipse and Eclipse is, mm-hmm. is is a card that you know it's a legendary that people was like it's a feel bad that they own it and they can't play it and CC or whatever or now Blitz as well. <laughs> And then I'm like reading the card. I'm like, well, the only way to make this card good is to do the busted things that Jane was doing. So maybe they're not going to do that again. Uh, sure. Next comes from William Knuckles from the Table Pit, who asks, "Will we have a brute slash guardian hero next set, as in a like a hybrid hero, or I guess like a, a dual class hero? I guess it's oh, good. I, go I really hope. That. <laughs> yeah. Well, brute guardian. Would that be sounds insane. terrifying. Blood blood rush in a guardian deck." Oh no, but it has to only affect free cards. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think we'll see hybrid heroes. Maybe in Blitz. Maybe they, they do feel like they're happy to like explore some funky ideas in Blitz, which I think is really cool. Yeah, we saw it with the Emperor, and I, you know, with fifteen heroes coming out next year, and we don't know yep. what the hero situation is in in heavy hitters. 
But no, they announced it. It's it's six adult heroes. Six adult heroes, but we don't know what the like. Oh yes, like yes, yes. if because we saw Kasai and Young Kasai, but maybe we we see some other wacky stuff. But I guess if we already know Kasai and Young Kasai are like warrior only, we probably won't see uh, any any funky stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you know, you never know. Greg asks, "Was Phi the deck you would have been on at Worlds if you had attended?" Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, not definitely not. Like it's always a deck I consider. Like every every testing cycle, I spend at least a week playing Fi. Mm-hmm. Just just like because I want to play Fi, and I just I can never quite justify it. Um, just a no. I, I was pretty hard locked on Icelander <laughs> at Worlds if I was playing. It's just what I was most prepped on, and it was like clearly at worst tied for the most powerful deck and it's consistent like i didn't see any reason not to play the deck i felt good about the draw my matchup yeah and i i'm I'm not sure but i'm sure a lot of the team felt the same way too um you know based on what they brought um and finally gary aka mr viz asked uh what's disc golf season looking like in the winter how do different seasons affect the game oh sure that's a good question uh i think at the pro level this is like the off season uh i think they start up in like february in vegas Mm -hmm. um for me personally i don't play much anymore sadly like now it's just kind of if i have a free few hours and it's nice out i'll go get some exercise i do have a course like 10 minutes away which is super nice um it's completely playable in the winter though i used to play all season round playing the snow uh you lose your disc more often in the snow people Mm -hmm. like tie like a, a little ribbon to their disc <laughs> so when it, it digs in you can still see the the strand coming up well i imagine like outside of the snow winter might be the easiest time to find your your disc if, if you know i mean i oh yeah early fall without leaves like the courses get easier mm-hmm. uh when the leaves fall down though it is you do actually lose quite a few discs in the the piles <laughs> yeah. um now before we say our goodbyes Dan, I want to know, heavy hitters, mm-hmm. what are your hopes, dreams, ideas? What do you want out of out of this set? Heavy hitters is going to have Brute Guardian and Warrior, something yep. that you know is, is very exciting for a lot of us. I mean, despite what I said earlier, I just want some more Brute cards that roll dice. <laughs> yeah, um, wow. <laughs> beyond that, I just hope Limited is fun competitively and casually. Because yeah. I, I think the like premise of it, like the the clashing and the wagering, sounds like a v- very fun experience. So if it plays well as well, I think this could be like a, a home run draft set potentially. Yeah, absolutely. I think something like Clash, especially, is something I was just thinking about earlier today. Was you know, it's it's variance, right? Right. You don't <laughs> know if you're gonna. I mean, obviously, you can build your deck to like win more often than not, but it, it will for streams and even just watching your buds play at the LGS, it's a very exciting moment when you're like, it's like a make or break clash and you guys are like, all right, one, two, bam, flip over the top card and see what happens, which could yeah. be a lot of fun. And and, yeah. Go for it. I was gonna say, it's like low stakes variants mm-hmm. and it's like, you know about it. You can kind of control your deck around it mm-hmm. where a card, like say warmongers, <laughs> sometimes it says you lose the game sometimes it says your opponent wasted a card and yeah. there's not really much you can do to get around that 
Well, yeah. Well, Warmongers is a card and seems to be an an issue in Living Legends format. I'm not sure. It's gotta go. Yeah. Well, I don't. It's even... just gatekeeping so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I've heard. Uh, I, are you even considering Living Legends format as something to play? Or, or I mean, obviously, if there's a battle hard, you probably want to. Yeah. Not until up. I have a tournament. Yeah. I'm interested in playing, but like, well, I mean, right now it's easy, right? You just build your Starbo deck and <laughs> you're good to go. Yeah. But once once they do some balance changes, um, I probably won't do testing until i have an event to prep for but i'm excited and interested in doing so absolutely absolutely so well dan this has been a lot of fun i appreciate you coming back on i enjoy your expertise and you know just hanging with you it's a good time um i appreciate your time please plug anything you'd like to plug and thank you oh sure yeah the big thing is just uh check out the runaways we have a youtube channel uh, and like I said earlier, we have a public Discord where we do some collaboration of playing games and talking about games. And then we also have premium offerings where we try and get you guys uh, collaborating and having like better tournament prep. And if you're on the super premium tier, you get direct access to the team where we're kind of committed to helping you grow and improve at the game. Uh, that's kind of our mission for YouTube as well. We just want to share the knowledge and kind of help everyone play and enjoy flesh and blood to the best of their ability uh beyond that you can find me on twitter at disc golf dan i tweet about things sometimes feel free to ask me questions on there i'm usually happy to respond to the community awesome 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 please check that all out obviously if, if you know flesh and blood you've probably heard of the runaways but it's good to go take a look especially on youtube see what they got going on uh, and speaking of YouTube, continue to find uh, the show and other content on my YouTube at Fresh and Buds, I think, or just it's in the link. Uh, just search Fresh and Buds. I don't think there's a lot of us out there. Um, uh, give us a little like, comment, subscribe. That all helps. Discord, the Buds Discord, that's in the the uh, link tree as well. Twitter's at Fresh Buds Pod. Dan, I like to talk about food. What's some food sure. you've been enjoying lately? end the show yeah good question uh i think i'm just gonna shout out curry zone by gilded favorite games like every time i play there i'm like excited to play flesh and blood but i'm like equally excited to get some really good indian food uh, it's like in the same mini mall as the store and i get it every time i go to the store now yeah i i got it yesterday too i i got a shrimp shrimp birani and it was nice absolutely delicious i love indian yep. food so and I also was like surprised that like <laughs> like Gilda Raven's like good with people eating it in, in the store because you know oh, Indian, yeah. Indian food is very good but it's also very fragrant. So yep. Uh, but it it is very good. Shout out to Curry Zone. Uh, and because we talk so much about Curry Zone right there, I don't have enough time to bring on Charmer, but that's okay. We'll get to him next week maybe. Uh, thank you everybody, and have a great week at the realm. <laughs>